Undisputed Politics podcast is hosted by Robert Wilson Jr., a young black gay activist from the Mississippi Delta. He started this podcast to share his raw and unfiltered opinions on issues around the world. Grab a glass of wine. And, tune into the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or any other major streaming platforms. And, let's get into what's happening all around us. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Undisputed Politics Podcast with your boy, Robert Wilson. Coming to you from the Mississippi Delta in my hometown of Greenwood, Mississippi. So, you guys, we're back with another episode. And on this episode, there has been so much going on in the news over this past weekend. And I'm I'm just so excited to talk about a lot of the topics that we have on today's episode. And so, we're going to hop right into it. Um... Like I said, I'm very excited. And the first thing we're going to talk about, the first thing, oh my goodness, we have news out of the case involving Breonna Taylor. So for people who don't know and for people who have listened to my podcast over the last two years, um, I started this podcast it originally started as under another name, but as time came along, I've evolved into doing more weekly episodes and different things like that. Um, so um, it started during the 2020 summer riots and pretty much one of the cases that kind of got got a lot of the following that I have. And I'm sure a lot of you are here and listening to this podcast today is because I had opinions and strong viewpoints on the George Floyd case, as well as the Breonna Taylor case, um, Ahmaud Aubrey, and a lot of the other cases that happened during that particular summer. Um, so it's exciting that I'm able to come back to you guys now in the fourth season with a incredible update on the Breonna Taylor case. So in the Breonna Taylor case, the Justice Department announced the other day that the officers involved in the raid that happened that pretty much ended up with Breonna Taylor being dead, these officers have been charged with federal crimes. Um, An article from NPR, um, it says the 26-year-old emergency medical technician was shot and killed by police who had carried out a nighttime no-knock warrant to storm her home while she was sleeping with her boyfriend, believing they were intruders. Her boyfriend fired one shot at the officers using a handgun he legally owned. Where's the NRA on that? The officers responded by firing 22 bullets, killing Breonna Taylor with a shot to the chest. The fatal shooting of Taylor, a black woman, galvanized racial justice protest 
in the spring and summer of 2020 following the police killing of George Floyd, rest his soul. The charges against defendants Joshua James, Cal Meany, Brett Hankinson, and Kelly Goodlett include civil rights violations, conspiracy, use of excessive force, and obstruction. Charging documents state that the three officers, James, Meany, and Goodlett, lied in order to obtain a warrant they used to search Brianna's apartment. In an act that violated federal federal civil rights laws and led to Taylor's death, and this is all according to the allegations that are that they are presenting coming from Attorney General Merrick Garland. Uh, James, a former Louisville Metro Police Department detective, meaning a current sergeant and Goodlett, a current detective, also took steps to cover up their unlawful conduct and conspired to mislead federal, state, and local authorities who were investigating the incident. The officers who carried out the search warrant were not involved in the drafting of the warrant and were unaware of the false and misleading statements it contained. In in a separate indictment, former Louisville police officer Hankinson faces civil rights charges in which he's accused of using excessive force for firing 10 additional shots into Taylor's apartment. Hankinson, one of three police officers who entered Taylor's home, was fired in June of 2022. I mean, in June of 2020, sorry, for his actions. Um... Earlier this year, we all know that Hankinson was the one that was not found, that was found not guilty. And pretty much he was the alone officer who was charged for shooting into the neighboring apartment for one ton endangerment. Um, And like I said, he was found not guilty. Um, For James, it says that James drafted and swore out a warrant affidavit for Taylor's home. And pretty much um, pro- the prosecutors, product, the federal prosecutors are saying that at the time that he obtained the affidavit, it contained false and misleading statements. It omitted material information. It relied on stale information. And pretty much it, it did not have probable cause to be drafted. So pretty much what they are saying is that he pretty much lied to get the damn warrant. Um, just to be frank. Um just to be completely honest about it, that's what they're saying. He lied. He lied to get the warrant and that there shouldn't have been a warrant to begin with. Um, and with that being said, he willfully violated Breonna Taylor's Fourth Amendment right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. And so for people who don't know, um, the Fourth Amendment is pretty much the amendment of the constitution that gives you the rights to things like your your to not be um for instance um when it comes down to weed possession and things like that um police officers can't just bust up in your house for no reason they have to have a warrant they can't just pull up and be like oh well i smell weed in your house let me come up in there they gotta have a warrant they gotta ask you for permission if they don't have a warrant and you have to you have a right to that and so in this particular case, they obtained a false warrant with 
they obtained the warrant with false information and pretty much lied about it. And so that's a violation of the Fourth Amendment, right? Because you've lied to obtain this warrant and then somebody ended up dead. Um, also against James, they say that they are filing a count of conspiracy. Um, it said that he pretty much committed several acts with the intent of obstruction of the federal investigation. And so pretty much, um, they said they, that in, in the indictment, they said that, um, pretty much he arranged a meeting with Goodlett. And if you watch if you watch Chicago PD and any of these other crime shows, Law and Order and all of these other shows, you know they're not lying. You know they're not lying. Because you see so many times on these shows where, you know, the cops may do something bad and then they rank they have a secret meeting in the in the in the in the car garage or they have a secret meeting in the locker room or something before they actually put their body cameras and things like that on where they know that where they know they are being recorded. And so pretty much it's saying that um, um, with Goodlett, another officer that has been charged, they said that they met together in the, in, in the parking garage, I'm guessing. And pretty much um, they talked about how they would tell in the investigators a lie. They met and they conspired on how they was going to tell a damn lie. And the third count against James says he knowingly falsified, falsified an investigative letter. And it says that he knew the letter would be used in the criminal investigation into the preparation of the warrant. Um, pretty much... This is when he suggested that Breonna Taylor was allegedly drug trafficking. And for people who don't remember the case against Breonna Taylor, uh, I mean, you know, involving, I'm not going to say against, I'm sorry about that. The case involving Breonna Taylor um, on Fox News and a lot of these other right wing shows and talk shows and radio shows and different things, the podcast and all these other different things. They tried to come out with this narrative that Breonna Taylor was a drug trafficker. She was selling drugs at her house and she should have she shouldn't have been doing all that. And that's the reason why there was a warrant and all this other stuff, which turned out to be false. As we gathered more information about the actual case that became fact. And we found out that Breonna Taylor was not doing any type of drug selling or anything like that. And which is neither here nor there because police are not the judge, the jury, and executioner. So that's neither here nor there regardless. Even if she was selling drugs, they don't have a right to just bust up in her house and kill her. So that's just that on that. Um, Calmini, um, pretty much um, Calmini, they say he... Um, he he knew um he knew about the um the the false information that was in the warrant and pretty much he was the one who approved it to go before the judge and all of that so pretty much being that he was the person that was in lead the lead sergeant or however it goes pretty much they brought the warrant to him he said all right and I, I, even though i know this shit we we lying about this shit go ahead take it to the judge get your signature um, 
pretty and then it it's also saying that Mimi lied to the investigators. Um and it said that pretty much um pretty much he said that they they that 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 they he pretty much is saying that the indictment um against him is saying that pretty much he told an FBI agent that his officers had carried out the no knock warrant at the request of the department SWAT unit. And pretty much the SWAT unit is saying, hell no, uh, we got this information from y'all. And according to all the documents and different evidence that they found, they pretty much found out that that's the case. The SWAT unit only did what they were told based on what Meany and Meany and James pretty much had told them to do, which was from the information that they had gotten from the warrant that was approved by a judge. And so that's just that um as far as Brett Hankinson, Brett Hankinson pretty much like I said, he was the officer that fired the shots into the neighboring apartment. He did get arrested and charged for one ton endangerment, pretty much firing into the white people's neighboring house or whatever and trying to kill them. And he never was charged for Breonna Taylor's death. No officer was charged for her death. Um, so that's that on that. Um, we, it, I, I really, I really, wish that they would charge more of the officers that were actually there that night. Um, even though I understand that those officers were carrying out a falsified warrant and they pretty much was doing their job. But at the same time, when you look at how the, it was carried out, you know, there's a lot of discrepancy as far as to whether or not they actually introduced themselves and different things like that. Um, when you look at the body camera footage and different things from that actual night is a lot of discrepancy between a lot of different things and it's kind of hard to put together a, a, a actual case um so i'm not really sure exactly the process on that um but i'm pretty sure if we continue to pressure it took two years to get to this point but i'm pretty sure if the pressure continues we'll definitely see some type of charges for those officers who were involved in the actual raid that night it's more of the officers um, outside of just Brick Hanginson. And so I'm looking forward to what's going to happen with this case. I'll definitely be giving more updates on it because we have traction on it now. Um, pretty much over the last two years, it's pretty much been a silent case. Um, it's been one of those cases where we have been continuing screaming on social media. Breonna Taylor said Breonna Taylor's name. You know, the attorney general. Um, in uh, Kentucky, he's pretty much trash. Um, so it, it hasn't been that much movement on the state level because he's pretty much trash. Um, you know, if you remember during that time, you can go back and listen to some of my old episodes um, on other different platforms um, about that during that time. And um, he, he, he the, his movements and the things that he did during that time were just pretty much trash. Um, and so that's just my thoughts on that um and when we're talking about that that's going to lead me into this next thing that i want to talk about which is out of memphis tennessee and pretty much um memphis tennessee had their countywide elections and also the primary elections for their statewide elections 
um, on last week, last Thursday, and for the first time in, in, I don't know, I can't really regulate because I don't know, um, and if anybody wants to research it up, that, this is definitely an opportunity. I want my listeners to go research. Um, but for the first time in years, um, at least eight years, um, Memphis, Tennessee, Shelby County has elected a progressive Democratic district attorney. Um, and what this mean for, means for um, the county, the Shelby County, um, for most people, what most people don't know is Shelby County is one of the most populated black areas in the state of Tennessee. It has, <coughs> sorry about that. <coughs> it has one of the largest, um, school districts in Shelby County. Um, it also has, like I said, the largest population of black people. Um, and so, a lot of the conversation leading up to this this particular race was about some of the the the, the, the things that this particular DA um, Amy Wyrick has done. Um, things that include being named as one of the worst DAs in the country. Um, things like going after women for abortions. Um, things like. Um, charging people for um she's she's the one who charged pamela moses um and i didn't really i never bring that up or talk about that on the show but um for people don't know about pamela moses i encourage people to look up pamela moses um she is the woman out of tennessee and i actually know pamela um through my work when i lived in memphis for about two years um i know pamela um, through one of my associates, Miss Karen, um, and they are two leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement in Memphis, Shelby County. So, um, but pretty much she was one of the people who um, who had involvement in the case against Pamela Moses. Um, pretty much a Pamela Moses was alleged um, as attempting to vote um as a felon and she pretty much did not have her right to vote um she she um pretty much went to register to vote they approved um the election commission approved her voter registration and then later turned around and said hold up you're not allowed to vote and pretty much she was arrested based on all of that um it became a big thing viral thing um she did she did go um get charged to like six years in prison she was charged and convicted and she got like six years in prison and pretty much they came back and decided that they would redo the case and then after all of the public pressure the da hasn't really tried to prosecute the case again for a second time um so yeah that's that on that with that particular situation um like i said it's a great news um involving Breonna Taylor, as well as involving Memphis, Shelby County. Um, the attorney that they did elect, um, his name is Steve Mulroy, and he is a professor, um, and he's also a civil rights attorney. And so um, he, he, he campaigned on reform. And so he has eight years to do some great work. Um, so definitely looking forward to some of the things that will be coming out of Memphis and Shelby County. Um, most people who know me personally know that Memphis Shelby County is my second home. I'm originally from Greenwood 
in the Mississippi Delta and pretty much I grew up here, but I did spend two years, about two years living in Memphis and it was a great experience. I met some great people and I, I really enjoyed being a part of the culture there. And so I consider it my second home. So I'll definitely be talking more about um, some of the things that'll be coming up well as it relates to Steve Moore Roy and the reforms and different things that he'll be bringing in the Memphis Shelby County area. And I'll also be talking about his campaign in relation to cases like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and all of the other cases um, involving civil rights justice um, on the show. So um, that concludes this particular segment of the show. Um, And I have so much more to cover. Um, So I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this quick break on the Undisputed Politics podcast with your boy Robert Wilson Jr. Be right back. Just move on up toward your destination Though you may find from time to time complication is a nonpartisan nonprofit dedicated to building the political power of young people. 
For 30 years, Rock the Vote has revolutionized the way we use pop culture, music, art, and technology to engage young people in politics and build our collective power. To learn more, visit rockthevote.org. Hashtag, I tried to tell y'all. Hashtag, I keep trying to tell y'all. Hashtag, I'm going to tell y'all one more time. Well, news has arrived that in Carroll, uh, in LaFleur County, um, which is where I'm currently living, which is where I grew up at, where I'm from, um, Carolyn Bryant has not been indicted by a grand jury. Grand jury in LaFleur County has decided that they will not indict Carolyn Bryant. I don't know how many times I got to keep telling the people, the people who listen to this podcast, the people who are on my social media, the people who inbox me daily, weekly, or however, want me to say something or be involved in the fight for Emmett Till's justice. I don't know how many times I got to tell them. In LaFleur County, when it comes down to LaFleur County, there will be no justice for Emmett Till. It is harsh. It is sad that we have come to this point and that we will have to continue to say this. But when it comes down to Emmett Till, Carolyn Bryant will not be arrested. We're talking about a sheriff who has spent decades as the sheriff of this town, who has had several, over the, over the decades that he's been the sheriff of this town, has had several allegations of racism and misconduct and all of these things from people in the community. And like I've said in previous episodes, even that has not stopped people more... The, uh, a lot of the black people who go out and vote for him and so I can't judge these people um, my, I have family members who choose to go vote for Rick, for Sheriff Ricky Banks so I can't be mad about it it is what it is but understanding that and knowing the dynamics being someone who's from LaFleur County who does activism work who does community work who speaks with people daily who, who is out here fighting and communicating and having discussions with people daily I know Mississippi has showed us who they are and I even said this in a Facebook post if we couldn't get an arrest for Emmett Till, when we had Jim Hood as the state attorney general, you already know good and damn well we not getting no conviction or no charges or none of that when it comes down to it on the state level. Considering the fact that we have Lynn Finch. We know she ain't finna, we, we know. She ain't finna do nothing involving Emmett Till and Carolyn Bryant. We know that much. We're talking about the same state attorney who is involved in the abortion case that, that overturned Roe versus Wade. 
So come on now. We already know what's up with that. And so we can't expect too much from the state level. Now, what I can say is that we can, considering the fact that Merrick Garland and them are doing so much work in the, in the Civil Rights Division at the Justice Department, we can wonder and seek some form of justice on the federal level. But when it comes down to the county level, when it comes down to the district level and the state level, when it comes down to that, we're not getting no justice. Mississippi has showed us who they are. Even America has showed us who they are. This is a racist nation. This is a racist nation when it comes down to the lynchings and the killings of black people. They don't give a damn. They don't give a damn if Emma Till was to die last year or if he was to die 55 years ago, if he was to die 60 years ago. They do not give a damn. The only way they give a damn is if it ends up being a situation like George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and some of the other countless black lives that have been lost at the hands of vigilantes and racist Ku Klux Klans, um, uh, some white supremacists, murderers, and it's caught on video. That's the only way they give a damn. Outside of that, they don't give a damn. So if you die, and it's at the hands of somebody white, the only way you can really just expect them to give a damn is if it's on video. And it's clear that the person did it. Otherwise, they're not going to even attempt to pretend like they care about justice for you. And I'm just telling you from the experience of being a black LGBTQ person who has grown up and who lives in LaFleur County, I know how it is. People here know that justice is not going to be served for Emmett Hill. I've spoken about this previously, but we have a, they are, the city, Greenwood City Council is currently planning to erect a statue in honor of Emmett Till at a rail spike park that we have here, um, pretty much as a walking path, and they are erecting different statues and monuments and different things along that, along that walking path, and one of the statues is going to be a statue of Emmett Till. And they are planning to put all types of plaques and different things like that around it, you know, to commemorate Emmett Till. But at the same time, on the county level, the LaFleur County supervisors in 2020 voted to remove a racist statue, a racist Confederate statue from the grounds of the courtyard on our courthouse, at our courthouse. And it's two years later and that statue is still standing. They've come up with so many excuses on where they could move it to. Um, uh, that could they play? Could they store it here? And could they do this and all this other stuff with it? But the general consensus for most people is that shit. Get rid of the motherfucker. We don't care if you send it to a museum. We don't care if you blow it up. We just want it gone. Yet somehow, two years later, it's still standing there. But we want to talk about erecting this memorial for Emmett Till when you haven't even done the job of taking down a racist damn statue at the county level. And so that lets you know all you need to know about the dynamics of racism and racial justice in LaFleur County. That lets you know right there that if they aren't that they aren't showing expediency to get rid of that statue, they not trying. They definitely not gonna try to show no expediency to ensure that somehow Emmett Till gets the justice that he deserves. And so when I say hashtag, I'm trying to tell y'all 
it's not me trying to be condescending. It's me being realistic. It's me understanding that we are living in a time in the state of Mississippi where racism is rampant because we have Tate Reeves as governor. He wants to be a puppet of Donald Trump. He wants to be the MAGA boy. And so when it comes down to that, when it comes down to justice for black people, people like Tate Reeves, Lynn Finch, and all these other people, they don't give a damn. As long as they are held in their power and their positions of power, we will never see justice for people like Emmett Till. And so the best thing that we can do outside of the protesting and different things like that, and like I've said previously, I'm not trying to be condescending. If people want to go out and protest and if people want to go stand up and, and, and do that, uh, the, I, the people are more than welcome to express their anger and express the things that they want, how they want to do it. But me personally, I'm focused on doing the things that I know for a fact will help us get justice. And one of the things that I know for a fact that will help us get justice is getting rid of Tate Reeves. Getting rid of Attorney General Lynn Fitch. When it comes down to the district attorneys, making sure that we elect district attorneys that are actually going to do what is needed. At the, at the county level in LaFleur County, making sure that the next next year when Ricky Banks is up for re-election, we get him out of there. These are the things that I think will have immediate impact when it comes down to getting justice for Emmett Till. Sure, we can go stand outside these people's office. We can go protest every damn day. But you see what they, you see people have been protesting outside of Joe Manchin office, Kirsten Cinema offices since the beginning of 20, since the end of 2020, going into 2021 when Joe Biden was sworn in. And Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin have still been hell bent on doing what they want to do. And they are Democrats. So you already know how it is when it comes down to Republicans. They don't care how many people come stand outside their office. They still going to do what they want to do because they know they have a super majority. And it don't matter how many people come stand outside their offices. If these people don't translate the protesting, if they don't translate the numbers in the protest to actually voting, actual voting power and going to the polls and making sure that these people never see the daylights of an elected position again. We're going to continue getting the same show. We can go stand outside their office. We can go We can go protest them at meetings. And nothing's going to change. And so, that's why I say, hashtag I tried to tell you. Hashtag I'm trying to tell you. Hashtag I'm going to continue telling you. Because, like I said, I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm not trying to have this attitude where I don't want to get justice for Emmett Till because I definitely want to see justice for Emmett Till. But I'm understanding the realistic aspects of it. And I'm understanding the times that we're in. And I'm understanding the dynamics of politics and things like that in LaFleur County from the perspective of someone who's living here, who grew up here. Like I said, someone who does work, who talks to people on a daily about the things that are going on in this community here. And so that's that's my thoughts on that. Um, once again, like I said, um, 
I'm not trying to be condescending towards anybody. And I definitely hope that Emmett Till gets the justice that he rightfully deserves and that the family deserves after all of these years. And so we may not get it tomorrow. Carolyn Bryant may end up dead before we get the justice. But we must continue outside of the protesting to get what we need as far as making sure these people don't get an office no more. Make sure we get these people out of office and getting people in there that's going to help us get to the end goal, which is ultimate justice for Emmett Till. All right. So just like the Breonna Taylor case, I have in previous episodes discussed Brittany Griner's case. And as promised, I will be giving them an update on that um if you're watching and tuning in and all of that good stuff on social media you will see that Brittany Griner has been sentenced and um pretty much um she did plead guilty and she pled guilty a couple of weeks ago, but her trial has been going on and pretty much in Russia, it's just similar to like the United States. You plead guilty, then you, of course, you know, you have a sentencing phase and all of that stuff. Um, and pretty much she was convicted for deliberately smuggling drugs into Russia and, you know, there's conversation about that um i'm not gonna spend long on this topic but i am going to kind of clarify some opinions i've had um i will say that like i said if you have tuned into previous episodes you'll probably notice that the opinion that i'm about to give has changed and here's why I understand and that Bri- that Brittany Griner is part of the LGBTQ community and she's a black woman. And people are entitled to change their opinions after different discussions and different things like that. And so that is what I'm about to do now. Over the couple of last couple of weeks, I have had different conversations with people who have challenged me to think outside of being a black LGBTQ person and just simply think about what it means to be an American and what it means to think about people breaking the law and different things like that. And it put me into perspective with this, with this opinion that I'm about to give now. It sounds harsh, but it's the truth. When you break the law, there's consequences. And while I understand the nuances of, well, you know, there's a war in Ukraine and Russia's involved in the war and um, the sanctions and, you know, them using, possibly using her as a political prisoner and all of these things. I understand that. I understand that. But then I take into perspective that 
she did break Russian law. She's not all along from the beginning. She hasn't said that she didn't bring into the country what they said she brought in. Because they said They said that she smuggled in some kind of oil. Cannabis oil. And in Russia, that's illegal. Period. And the reason why I have a change of opinion from my previous opinions on this is because I understand America. And there are still several states that will arrest black people and have them sentenced for 5, 10, 15 years for marijuana. And so when I consider that, once I place that into consideration, and then I realize it may be a war going on in Ukraine. Russia may be involved in that war, which they are. But when I put it into perspective with Brittany Griner, that has no bearing on Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner may be a black LGBTQ woman, but as I'm putting it into perspective, that has no bearing on Brittany Griner. Now, what I will say is that I won't change my opinion on the fact that this all has to do with the bearings of America. Because when you think about it, Brittany Griner should have never even had to go to Russia to play basketball because she should have been treated fairly enough in America and paid fairly enough in America to the point where she wouldn't even have to go over there to play basketball. First thing. Second thing, America needs to fix our justice system before we judge Russia's. Now, her sentencing is nine years. Um, She's been sentenced to nine years and she will be asked to she will be asked to pay a fine of 1 million rubles and that's about 1600 I mean $16,000 in American money. And like I said, what it it pisses me off. It pisses me off. I'm sorry. I don't care what nobody said. It pisses me off that this country does what it does to black people when it comes down to marijuana. So much to the point where with this case with Brittany Griner, I have to have this opinion. I mean, because once I started thinking about it and once I heard from different people in their perspective, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're kind of right. You break the law no matter where you break it at, whatever country you're in, if you break the law, it's the law. Now, laws aren't necessarily right because racism is embedded in the laws in America. And so, when it comes down to it, black people weren't allowed to sit at lunch counters. That was a law. Jim Crow, all of those things were laws. 
black people not being allowed to vote, those things were put into the laws. And so when we putting this all into perspective and all of that stuff, um, I will definitely say, I will definitely say that I will amend my opinion just based on that, thinking about how America treats black people. And so understanding that, wow, I may not think that she deserves to be in jail nine years and have to pay a fine for smuggling for possible uh, not i'm not gonna even say because she did it she said that there's no doubt that she did it but the amount that she brought in is that warranting of nine years it's not warranting of nine years in america and it's not warranting of nine years in russia and that's just my thoughts on that um i'm praying and hoping that she can that the united states can still work something out and have her get her back to America where she will be safe. Um, but definitely, I definitely understand where the perspective of some people who say, well, you break the law. It doesn't matter what country you're in. You're going to be arrested and charged and you should suffer whatever the consequences is for breaking that particular law. So I understand where some people are coming from. I'm not going to say I 100% agree with it, but I do amend my opinion just a little bit to say yeah i do understand it that's just my thoughts on it um we'll be right back after this quick break have you lost your right to vote due to a criminal conviction one in ten people in mississippi are unable to vote because of a felony conviction in 2020 mississippi had the second highest incarceration rate in the country with members of the black community making up 60 percent of those who can't vote but there are organizations fighting back one Voice and Mississippi Votes are committed to helping people regain their voting rights. Call 1-888-601-8683 to take your power back. We're in the home stretch of the hard times. We took a hard left, but we're all right. Yeah, I sure can try to put love through it But we built this right So nothing's ever gonna move it When the bones are good, the rest don't matter Yeah, the pain could peel, the glass could shatter Let it rain, cause you and I remain the same When there ain't a crack in the foundation Baby, I know any storm we're facing will blow right over while we stay put The house don't fall when the bones are good We call it dumb luck But baby, you and I Can't even mess it up Although we both try No, it don't the way we planned it, but the walls came and went and we're still standing When the bones are good, the rest don't matter Yeah, the pain could peel, the glass could shatter Let it rain, cause you and I remain the same When there ain't a crack in the foundation Baby, I know any storm we're facing will blow Stay put. 
Everyone has something to say, a story to tell. We make it easy to share yours. So let's talk. Regardless of your podcast setup, hit record. And from there, whether your podcast reaches 10 people or 10 million, we can help you get heard wherever listeners are. And who knows, maybe even quit your day job. But no matter who hears you, it's about connecting and sharing something from your perspective. It's about having a voice and using it without anything standing in your way. Say it all with Mm. Anchor. Ooh, child, out of Mississippi, out of Mississippi, the tea is hot, the tea is hot, the tea is hot, baby, the tea is hot. So in Mississippi, um, most people um know of Jimmy J. Lee, um, pretty much, if you don't know Jimmy J. Lee, he is a um, University of Mississippi student that has been missing since July 8th. Um, pretty much he had been missing um, for like t- about two weeks um, before they came out. Uh, the Oxford Police Department pretty much came out saying that they had arrested Tim Harrington, a pretty much who is a current, uh, a recent Ole Miss graduate and someone who is out of Grenada, Mississippi, which is only like a few counties over from where Oxford is. Um, pretty much, um, they announced that they had arrested him for murder, and uh, it, it was an uproar at the time because Tim Harrington, his parents are well-known in the Grenada community. Um, they are local religious pastors, um, Tim Harrington is a, like I said, a recent graduate of Ole Miss. May, I think he majored in real estate or something like that, but he was a recent graduate and pretty much um, people considered him to be one of the elite, um, smart, educated people who would go on to do great things. Um, um, judging from what I've been seeing from a lot of the people in the Oxford community, the Oxford community, um, people who knew Jimmy J. Lee, he was lauded as someone who was special, someone who loved everybody, who had a kind heart, who was joyous, who who, who was just an all around great person, um, as well. And so the details about what I'm about to tell you guys. It's incredibly egregious. 
So, it is being reported that Tim Harrington and Jimmy J. Lee had sexual relations with each other. Um, this is something that has now been admitted, um, according to, um, what had happened in the, oh, I'm going to back it up. Um, when it first came out, the, um, they originally tried to schedule a bun hearing and the bun hearing was pushed back until this past, until this past Tuesday. And so the bun hearing was yesterday. Um, I'm recording this episode on Wednesday. And so it was pushed back to yesterday. And pretty much during the bun hearing, it was also um, a time for a prosecution to be able to lay out the evidence that they had gathered, which brought them to the conclusion to arrest Tim Harrington. And so pretty much that's how that came about. And the, the information that was laid out the evidence that was laid out is incredibly egregious. The information that was laid out, um, just to kind of, I'm going to, like I, I like I do with most of the cases, I'm going to read an article to to kind of give you a layout of how, thing, how things went down. So pretty much um, Bun had, his Bun was denied. So Bun was denied for the 22-year-old acute, and this is coming from WLBT news um in the article is by quentin smith um a bun has been denied for the 22 year old accused of killing one of his college classmates in court on tuesday lafayette county circuit court judge craig gray tollison denied bun for sheldon timothy harrington um tim harrington as he'll be referred to on the show who is charged with first degree murder in the death of jimmy j lee who was a member of the lgbtq community Harrington sat in his chair motionless after the judge denied his bun. Prosecutors pushed for no bun because the belief that Harrington is a danger to the community and a flight risk. Um, according to Taylor Carey, who is Jimmy Lee's sister, she said it was a good feeling because murderer a, a murderer is not on the streets and not going to be on the streets. So everybody feels protected because that's all we want. We want everyone to be protected and safe. The fact that he didn't even make a bun is truly an honor. It's a great feeling because justice still has not been served. It is going to get served, and this is only the beginning. And that is from the sister. Um, now, I'm going to give y'all the vivid details of what happened. Um, it says that um, pretty much... Um, on he went missing july 8th which was also his mother's birthday which is more egregious about which makes this case even just even more egregious um it says that lee's mom stephanie was the first witness to take the stand um for the the hearing um and she became emotional um because she was recant recounting the, the fact that it was her birthday and her son went missing and now we're knowing that we he possibly is dead um pretty much it, it does say because although his body has not been found his mother did say she believed her son is dead um she said um around 2 a.m that morning he did text his mother um happy birthday and she said she responded back with emoji and he never did respond back to her um 
Ryan Baker, who is a, a, a detective for the Oxford Police Department, he testified for a lengthy time during the hearing and pretty much he testified about all of the evidence that they had pretty much found that caused them to get the warrant um for the arrest of jimmy j lee and pretty much um he testified that he was the last person he was most likely the last person to see jimmy lee alive on july 8th um it pretty much he read about the last uh the last there was a conversation between the two that was on snapchat um as evidence and the messages were incredibly damaging um pretty much baker said that lee and harrington uh, jimmy lee and tim harrington got into an argument causing lee to block harrington on social media and according to baker tim harrington after that created multiple snapchat accounts to message jimmy j lee um it's 6 30 at 603 the morning of july 8th it's baker talked about how um um the last snapchat message from jimmy j lee was a message telling him telling um tim harrington to open the door because he had made it to the apartment um uh they found google searches on this young man's lap on this man's lap laptop his macbook it says at 5.56 a.m., minutes before Lee arrived, for, before Jimmy Lee made it to his apartment, he te- he looked up on his Google search engine, on his MacBook, he looked up, how long does it take to strangle somebody? Gabby Petito. For people who don't know Gabby Petito, she's the young white lady that went missing last year, um, and it later turned out that her ex, that the boyfriend pretty much had strangled her. According to Baker, um, Harrington then tried to stage the murder by driving Lee's car from his apartment complex to one uh, to another apartment complex um, to make it pretty much seem like that was the last place that Lee had that Jimmy Lee had been to. Um, they showed videos of around um, a video of Harrington driving Lee's uh, Jimmy Lee's car to that apartment complex. They showed another video of him leaving. Um, what they didn't show was um, uh, a video uh, that they obtained of body camera footage from an officer's body cam because minutes after Tim Harrington had ran away from the apartment from pretty much dumping Jimmy J. Lee's car, minutes later, he flagged down somebody got in the car with them and then they ended up getting into a traffic stop and that's how they figured out by the clothing that he wore and all of that stuff that he was the one that had ran away from the apartment complex and so that's how they identified him and so they didn't show that the the body camera footage but they did say that they have that as part of their evidence um they they showed Harrington owning a moving company. They said that the cadaver dogs pretty much smelt the scent of a dead body and the, the, the moving truck from his moving company as well as inside his apartment and also inside of his car. And so the evidence is damning. The evidence is damning. Um, 
Harrington, he was going to be he was going to be represented by Carlos Moore, who is a judge out of Grenada, who's also someone who does civil rights case, a lot of the civil rights cases that come out of Mississippi. Um, he's a, a uh, he he he's definitely someone who's seen as the be- one of the best attorneys when it comes down to civil cases and all of that stuff in Mississippi. Um, he he is also Jimmy. He is I mean he is also Tim Harrington's nephew by by marriage. Um, um, just from recent Instagram posts and different things like that, he still claims um Tim Harrington as his nephew, even though him and the lady that he was married to is no longer they are no longer married so that's his ex-wife but he still claims tim harrington as his nephew which is perfectly fine i've seen people on facebook go edit about the fact that red not these people are actually related and these days quite honestly everybody's related people people you don't even know you call them your brother and your sister so it is what it is on that note but pretty much he was in the beginning he came out and said that he will be representing um tim harrington and few weeks later when they got ready for the bun hearing um it did come out that he had decided he would no longer be representing tim harrington and that um representative horan which is who was also an attorney as well as a state representative he'll be representing tim harrington and pretty much what has pissed me off about this case y'all know i wouldn't be talking about it on my show if it wasn't something that pissed me off about the case the biggest thing that has pissed me off about this case is the fact that there are so many people who feel that because Tim Harrington is someone who graduated and got his degree, because his parents are super religious Christians and they are pastors, they do so much for the community, they have money, they are wealthy people, they 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 are some people who are applauded in the community. People somehow feel like the young man is incapable of committing a crime. And this case is triggering for me particularly, and one of the reasons why I want to talk about it on this show is because, like I said in the beginning, and like I say on every episode, I'm coming to you from the perspective of a black LGBTQ activist, community leader, whatever you want to call it, out of the Mississippi Delta. And my experience is unique because I've grown up as a Christian. And I still believe in God and I still attend church, but I don't have the same feelings that I had growing up about the church because I've evolved. But understanding that, when it when I when I think about this, I think about the things that happened to me growing up in the church. And that's the reason why it's so this case is so triggering to me is because I've dealt with so many DL men, so many down low men like Tim Harrington, men who are afraid to come out of the closet because they know they have family members, be it um, if they are a preacher's kid, be it if they are the choir director's child or the, 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 the deacon's child or whatever you want to call it. Understand, be, uh, being in that mindset of feeling like they can't live in their truth, they can't be who they are, they can't marry who they want to marry, they can't live out loud and proud like I do, 
I've experienced those relationships. I've experienced some of the same situations, being in relationships with these people, knowing that I will never be able to sit at a restaurant with them and enjoy dinner without somebody thinking we're dating, knowing that I would never be able to get married and buy a house and live my life proudly with these people because, of course, they don't want their parents or whoever to find out that they're gay. Um, so understanding that dynamic, this this case is very triggering for me. And I'm not going to sit on my podcast and tell lies about what I do. Um, I am sexually active as most adults. And there have been instances where I have had to deal with down low men. Um, I've experienced some of the same things as most gay men who deal with down low men experience. The emotional toll it takes. The the feeling of oh I love this person I've grown a liking for this person and not being and 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 at the and while you're experiencing you're you're thinking about oh well maybe he'll come out for me maybe I'll be the one but he ain't coming out and so I'm right now I'm speaking in my truth and so for me personally. When I'm thinking about this case with Jimmy J. Lee and Tim Harrington, what irritates me the most about this particular case is because there are people even looking at the current evidence that we have. The current evidence that we have shows that they had a relationship that shouldn't have been happening. To go meet up the last day that people, the last person to possibly see you is your sneaky link and he is down low. And for people to say, well, there are people out here well that are saying, "Well, there's nobody." Okay, I can, I can, I can kind of give you a little leeway on that one, and I hope that they do find the body, and I wish that they would that they would put a little bit more effort into looking for the body. I mean, just from being in the area, I'm not, I'm a couple of miles away from Grenada, but just from being in the area, I can tell you now, there's not too much going on as it relates to searching for Jimmy J. Lee. They just from the perspective from my perspective, it just seems like they, you know, they they think he's dead, so they're not really doing any any heavy searching for him. Um, so I'm, I hope that they find him. Um, it, it would be it would be lovely if he were still alive, but from all indication, he has passed away. With that being said, what like I said, what pisses me off about this case is how people are acting like, even with the evidence that has been that has been presented so far, they acting like this is okay to link up with somebody at five o'clock in the morning, five, six, seven o'clock in the morning, and that person goes missing not even a few minutes after they get done meeting with you. And for people to sit up and try to excuse it and say, well, he didn't do it. There's no body. I really want him to come, even though there is no body. I want to know where it, like, I want to know how people are coming to the conclusion that he's not guilty just based on the evidence. 
if he's not guilty of murder and Jimmy J. Lee is alive, then he's definitely guilty of some type of some type of assault or something, kidnapping or something, because there's no way this young man was last seen, last heard of dealing with you at that time of the morning, and then he just vanished out the face of the earth. And so I'm tired of the conversation surrounding it. It's very triggering. Um, another thing that happened that pissed me off at the hearing, his mother got on the stand. They had his Sunday school teacher. They had the principal of Grenada High School getting up there. All these people got up there talking about how Tim Harrington was such a great guy and all of this other stuff. Of course, I understand they were trying to get him a bun, but at the same time, it was incredibly disrespectful for y'all, for the mother this young man's mother to get her ass on the stand and talk about how good of a young man her son is and therefore he deserves a bail. When this mother, the, uh, the mother on the other side dealing with the prosecution, the victim's mother, is sitting over there mourning the loss of her, possibly mourning the loss of her son. And for the mother of this man to get up there and talk about how good of a person her son is your son is accused of murder possibly kidnap and for you to sit up there and and talk about how good of a person your son fuck that your son ain't no good person it done pissed me off i said i wasn't gonna get too uh too too uh hyped about too hyped about this stuff on this episode. I said I was going to try to scale back a little bit. But this here has really pissed me off just talking about it. The egregiousness of this. And then you, he's searching on Google. Wait, how long does it take to strangle somebody? Then they also have proof that he went and got wheelbarrow. He done went and bought tape and all this other stuff. All things pointing to he definitely killed this young man. It's egregious. And the fact that his parents are out here trying to defend him and get him bun and all this, talk about his good family name and all this other stuff, it just pisses me off because it, it, it enforces what we already know when it comes down to being LGBTQ in Mississippi and in the South. It enforces the fact that these places have not evolved. Places like Mississippi, Alabama, or uh, uh, other places along the Deep South have not evolved to accept gay people the way that they are claiming to. Commun the black community especially, especially the black religious community, being black and LGBTQ is such a strain on these young men that they have to resort to killing people. And for the mother and the father to not take no blame, not have no remorse, to feel like they got to get up and defend their son and talk about how good of a person he is when he is being accused of murder and the evidence is just mounting that he, he definitely had some type of involvement. And for you to get on the stand and, and do that, and you're supposed to be Christian, that lets me know all I need to know about the family dynamic of that family. The fact that they are religious, the fact that their son had to hide 
the fact that they son had to hide his sexuality and have secret relations with this young man. And yes, he was definitely hiding it because you can go look up a, a, show, a podcast that he has uh, that he has been a part of on YouTube. There's also um, a, vi- uh, a, a video from his own YouTube account. He, there's also other uh, posts on Facebook that they tried to delete and remove of him talking about dating women and how in one in one episode on a podcast he made a joke about the fact that he has a moving company and it, it and he said something along the lines of you know if if a man if you're with a man and you want him out your life I got I got a moving company so I can move him right on out your life and so there's definitely evidence that he was out here living a double life. And so, I'm going to keep y'all updated and abreast on this case. Um, I hope that we get the justice that um, for Jimmy J. Lee that he deserves. Um, I hope that they continue looking for him and that um, soon he is found, whether he is deceased or alive. I hope that soon his body has been found. Um, And I hope that this case is a fair trial. And I hope that Tim Harrington, um, if he is found guilty, I hope that he is sentenced and convicted to the fullest extent of the law for this potential hate crime that he has committed. And so that's my thoughts on that. Um, like I said, I'll continue updating you guys. Um, we're going to take a quick break on this this episode of the Undisputed Politics with your boy Robert Wilson Jr. And we'll be right back.
safe at Mar-a-Lago. No, not that stuff. Disgusting. The classified documents. Fifteen boxes of top-secret files. That's naughty, Donald. And illegal. You broke the law. No wonder the Department of Justice and the FBI came knocking. They're coming for you. But who leaked? Who sold you out? Was it Jared? I'm grateful. Ivanka? They're backing away from you. Don Jr.? Your own son. Eric? Do you even Melania? She wants to escape. Mark Meadows? Who did it? All your old Washington friends are talking to the 1-6 committee and the grand jury. They weren't your friends. Maybe it was someone closer. Who could it be? Someone you trusted. Betrayed. Now you're the first president to have his home raided by the FBI. This is your legacy. It's bad, Donald. Your father would be ashamed. And there's no one you can trust. No one. No one at all. There never was. Oh, <laughs> you guys, this next topic, I am laughing my ass clean on off, baby. Because this next topic, y'all, y'all not going to believe it. <laughs> y'all not going to believe it. The head bitch ass damn chief, wannabe chief in charge has been raided by the FB motherfucking I. Y'all, Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago has been raided by the FBI and the Justice Department because they said they are looking for evidence and they are looking for items related to the the, uh, the Records Act because they said that when this motherfucker left the White House, and excuse my language, but y'all know that I, I do not like Donald Trump. I don't like his family. I don't like the people that deal with Donald Trump. And I don't give a damn about none of the motherfuckers that talk about MAGA and Blue Lives Matter. I don't give a fuck about none of them. I think they all deplorable. I don't care. I'm not none of Hillary Clinton, so I'm going to stand on it. I think they're deplorable. I think they should all be arrested for treason. I, 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 that's how I feel about it. I ain't none of, like I said, I'm not none of Hillary Clinton. I ain't worried about their ass trying to counsel me. I ain't worried about all it. I ain't trying to run for president. So I ain't going to apologize for being unapologetic and, and calling them what they is racist, white supremacist motherfuckers. And so it is incredibly exciting to see that something is getting moved when it comes down to this president that was set that set in his ass in office for four years and wreaked havoc on this country. Wreaked havoc on minority people. Oh, they 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 love to talk about how law and order and obey the law. But now they on Fox News, and I got, I'm finna play a clip for y'all. Y'all gotta hear this clip from Fox News. Listen to this clip from Fox News. The FBI is corrupt. You used our, our flag as toilet paper. This is gonna absolutely enrage the country. It almost feels like a preemptive coup. This is the worst attack on this republic in modern history. Every single person involved in this needs to be fired immediately. They say banana republic. I think it's an understatement because it really feels like we are there and beyond. This is meant to prevent 
Donald Trump from being able to run again. And then when the left starts whining in the media, fire a hundred more the next day. To dismantle the FBI. And- Can't be this nice guy routine where just we just all oh, let's be friends. Do not even let them breathe. Dude, everyone has to go. This is the Rubicon being crossed. But the real target of this investigation isn't Trump. The real target of this investigation is you. You do not live in a constitutional republic anymore. To defund the FBI. This is something we've never seen before. This is something that is outrageous. This is some third world bullshit right here. Right now is the Gestapo. The FBI is the Gestapo. The rank corruption of the D.C. establishment. And the usage of the FBI in this way is really the nail in the coffin for so many Americans. This is very scary. There is a trend. Never before used statutes used in a fashion to go after who? Political enemies. We don't live in Cuba. We don't live under Kim Jong-un. This is the deep state's revenge. They literally showed their ass. They on Fox News showing their ass. They is on Fox News showing their ass. They are so pissed off at the FBI and they going to war over how egregious this is. They raided the they raided his house, went into his his safe for documents. Simply documents. Are we talking about the same people? These are the same hypocrite motherfuckers who was out here pissed off in twenty in twenty sixteen and were were going to war. With about Hillary Clinton, they they were flipping out. They were flipping shit over. They were blow. The sting was blowing out of their ears about Hillary Clinton. Them damn emails. And now here it is, twenty twenty two, and your president is alleged to have stole classified documents from the White House. When he left that motherfucker, documents that he was supposed to turn in according to the law. And he took them to his private house at Marbalaco. That's breaking the law. According to the law, the, the, the records act that he's alleged to have broken, they were supposed to be left there. All those documents and things were supposed to be turned in. They were never turned in. And so, yes, they raided the apartment, the, the house. Yes, they raided it. Yes, they went into the safe. Because when they raided the house, they definitely going into the safe. Because obviously, if the, if the classified documents are somewhere in the damn house, they ain't going to just have them sitting out on the damn desk. They're going to be somewhere in, in a safe somewhere. So, yes, of course. Donald Trump is no different from any other ordinary citizen. And and there have been some news, some news articles and some different news people who have laid it out perfectly. If Donald Trump was a Negro, if he was black, that would they would a little simple raid at his house would definitely not been the case. They was gonna roll up in there with AKs, roll up in their guns a blazing, and dare you to resist the warrant. Dare you. To try to stop them from coming in there, sir, that warrant. Bad you too. And in and in, in some cases, when you're black and brown, you end up dead. I.e. Breonna Taylor. I.e. Jalen Walker. So come on now. Let's let's not play the game now. 
let's not even try to play the game. Let's let's not try to play the game because we can count down countless instances where the police, the FBI, federal or federal officers, or whoever trying to serve a warrant, and they go in their guns blazing and they end up killing black people. But somehow they raid Trump House and it's a, a, a uproar about how they raid houses. Where is energy for Breonna Taylor? Where's this energy for Jalen Walker? Where's this energy at for uh, uh, Ahmaud Arbery and some of the other black people who have been killed by vigilantes and and police uh, police enemy the police uh, police officers of the state? Come on now, where the same injet for us? So I don't give a damn. You damn skip. I'm over here laughing. Kiki having me a whole party. Ha <laughs> ha. Good. Donald Trump house has gotten raided. That ain't all I want to see. I want to see him get arrested. I want to see him get charged. I want to see him convicted. That's what I want to see. Because for him to still be out here after he was one of the people that led, he was responsible for the January 6th insurrection, an attempted coup of this country. And for some, and he, for him to be a, a whole, a, a, almost, a, almost two years, almost two years, since this man led an attempted coup, they was at the United States Capitol with nooses and all type of asking for the head of the vice president. Shitting on the walls. Setting at Nancy Pelosi's desk. And this man is still out here living his life freely. Still out here on all these platforms and releasing statements and just talking all types of shit. Doing what he want to do. With no consequences. So you damn skip it. I'm happy about a damn warrant. I'm happy they served the warrant. I'm glad they raided his house. Because they need to do more than that. Because when it comes down to black people, they don't need nothing but a little, little taste of evidence. Before they go busting down your door. We have clear evidence that Trump was involved in this January 6th insurrection. We have clear evidence that Donald Trump is one of the people who organized this insurrection. We have clear evidence that because Donald Trump was out here lying about the 2020 election, saying that he was still the president, all these lies about him, him uh, in Georgia, they got a good case because in Georgia, he was he literally was on the damn phone asking these people to find votes. And so when you put all this together, and when you put all this this information together, it it people out here are wondering. People like me are wondering why the hell he ain't been arrested. And if it takes them having to go raid his house for some damn records, goddamn it, go raid the damn house. Find all the documents. I need y'all to go find all that shit. Go in there and knock the door down like you do black folks. And I ain't gonna be mad at you. This one case where I said blue lives matter, just like they said blue lives matter when black people die. When black people get raided, when black people get arrested, blue lives matter. I don't want to hear them trying to talk all this stuff and try to do the officers, the federal officers wrong. They mad at the Secret Service because the Secret Service allowed it to happen. They pissed off. They mad. All of a sudden, they, they got all these conspiracies about the FBI the FBI is too political. It's not too political when they appoint the, the, the head of the FBI. It's not too political when they were the one leading the FBI. Oh, it's not too political then. 
But it's too political now. It's too political now. Because they're going after Donald Trump. They're going after his friends. They're going after people who led an insurrection. So, yes, it's too political now. It's too political now. It's a problem now. But I'm happy. I'm, like I said, I'm glad. I want them to do more. I expect them to do more with Mayor Garland. With Mayor Garland leading the charge. Um, uh, especially considering what we're seeing coming out of the Civil Rights Division. So I'm definitely expecting that this will be a case, uh, 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 th- this will be something that will that that will definitely turn out good, and we will definitely see more. We will definitely see more coming out of this. We're gonna see some charges being filed. We're gonna see some arrests. I definitely see it. I'm optimistic about it, and I'm look forward to it. And uh, as it as it happens, I will be giving y'all updates. I will be sharing my thoughts and opinions on it on the on the on this podcast. And so stay tuned for all of that and look for and we and look look forward to it. Because we're gonna get into all of the things over here on this show. And so with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of the Undisputed Politics Podcast with your boy Robert Wilson Jr. Continue to like, subscribe to the show on all major streaming platforms, Apple, Google, and Spotify, as well as follow me on all of the social medias, um, Undisputed Politics Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, as well as my personal Twitter, which is Robert E. Wilson Jr. So thank you guys for tuning in again today, and we're out.